Hello, everybody. Welcome to Just Ask Spirit. My name is Sherrianna. I'm your host, and I'm also the author of the latest book, Emotional Detox Now. This is a show about mental health. It's about spirituality, and they are highly, highly connected. I think we know that now, right? And I'm super excited to introduce to you my guest for today. I've been so looking forward to this conversation. This, My guest here is Emma Lowy. Emma is an editor and author based in New York City. Is She is the Senior Sustainability Editor at Mind Body Green and the co-author of a book called The Spirit Almanac. How cool is that? A Modern Guide to Ancient Self-Care. Her new book, which is what we're going to be focusing on today, is called Return to Nature. Don't you love that? Return to Nature. This new science of how natural landscapes restore us will be published. Well, by the time you hear this, it's out. So go grab it. Um, April 2022. It explores the intersection of nature, human health, and climate activism. Emma, welcome to Just Ask Spirit. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. I'm really excited. I was super excited to see the title of your book. And I know there's more in your bio that I did not read, Emma, but it looks like you really dug in for this one. You really took some time to do some research. I'm seeing some travel <laughs> that you that you did. Um, I, I'm not sure. When did you even begin this process of writing this book? Yeah, so it's interesting. You know, the book is... Um, it's focused on different landscapes in nature. So going into it, I was really hoping to, you know, go to the beach and explore the mountains and sort of have that experience. Um, but I ended up writing the book in April, 2020. So, and I, it took about a year. So that was the height of, of the pandemic. So yeah. it was a different experience than I was anticipating, but, you know, in a lot of ways, I think it was kind of a blessing for the book just because, you know, now that we're all on Zoom, I think it opened up a whole world of, you know, researchers I could reach out to and people who were willing to just chat with me, you know, virtually. And I think that that was a real, a real gift because I got to chat with some cool folks who just lived, you know, totally around the world. So I think the end of the day, it was a bummer, but um, I'm happy with, with the way it turned out regardless. Wow. So, I mean, because you covered the... You it talks about water, the water crisis in California. You took a look at that, right? Um, and oh, yes. you, those are actually things I cover at my body. Green. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Are, I mean, the book, we each chapter ends with sort of a conservation section. Okay. So just exploring, you know, the, the biggest threats to different landscapes in nature. So water definitely being, being one of them. Absolutely. So in terms of the, the return to nature, what so you've been writing about this for a while, correct? Sounds like you started just maybe exploring it and then writing it into articles. Would that be accurate? And, yeah, and then and that evolved, I can imagine, to to wanting to create a book on the updated science. So who did you talk to and what did you learn? <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, this is a topic I've been really interested in for years now. You know, my work at Mind Body Green, which for those who are unfamiliar, it's a, it's a health and wellness website, but it takes a very holistic view on health. So we focus a lot on sustainability and how human health and planetary health are very interconnected. So this is, you know, something that I've been exploring in my writing there for a long time. It's obviously such a rich topic. And I think that we're really having a real awakening to, um, you know, as this climate crisis continues to evolve. So I um, was just really inspired to do sort of a longer term um, project on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, like I mentioned, each chapter is focused on a different landscape. So got to chat with some really, you know, interesting folks across the board from, you know, mountaineers in the mountain chapter to deep sea divers in the ocean and coast chapter, um, as well as researchers who are really exploring these questions, you know, day in and day out in their labs, just trying to answer, you know, why do we feel so good when we go outside? What is happening inside yeah. that makes us just... Uh, you know, every time we step outside. So it was a real fun range of folks to chat with. Any surprises along the way, Emma, anything that really stuck out at you? Like, wow, that conversation 
I'm sure they were all very enlightening, right? But anything, because you were already diving in, right? So you, you kind of go in with some previous knowledge. Any surprises? Yeah, I think one thing that really stood out to me was, you know, going into this project, part of the reason that I wanted to divide it by landscape is because I was curious if there was one landscape in particular that's like universally just the most calming, the most relaxing, you know, curious about that. Um, But then walking away from the project, I just learned how dependent it is on the person, you know, and it really depends Mm. on sort of your memories in different landscapes and your lived experience, what sort of access you had to nature growing up. Um, So there really is no sort of perfect fit for everyone, which I think is kind of nice because it allows people to really reflect on like, okay, what is that place for me? Where do I feel the most, you know, myself when I'm, when I'm outdoors, what is my landscape? Interesting. That is really interesting. So what you learned was based on our memories and our previous experiences. So it's, so it's not about getting to the, the perfect place. That's not necessarily the answer. Would that be correct, Emma? That going to where whatever speaks to you, but your previous experiences impact that. Yeah, definitely. I think like a cool example of this that I was one interview I really enjoyed was I was chatting with the researcher who studied soundscapes and sort of our, you know, reactions to different sounds of nature. And I think that wave sounds are something that I personally really enjoy. A lot of times when I'm even writing, I'll put on like a wave soundtrack in the background. Um, But he was telling me that, again, that is something that isn't necessarily universal. You know, people who didn't grow up having access to the coast or have fond memories by the waterside, you know, science has shown that they don't have that same reaction to the soundscape. So it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. But I did think it was interesting to sort of assess, like, why I feel connected to that sound. And I think, yeah, I grew up by the coast and I do have fond memories of visiting the beach. So. That is really fascinating, you know, because I live on Cape Cod and I, I've lived here for well over 20 years and I raised all our girls here and my husband always vacationed here as a, as a child. So he has all this cool memories, just feels so great. And I, I really still get my, my joy. I, I connect to my spirit. We're talking about just uh, um, really in the woods, you know, where, where I grew up. So more, um, I love the ocean, but I can so relate. And I'm sure our audience, if you're listening out there, you can really relate to this. Can't you just like that same feeling like this is where I grew up, right? This is what I'm familiar with. Um, interesting to see that that's what you learned in your travels. Tell us about the science. I'm curious about what it what actually is happening um, in terms of the mind and the body, in terms of how it can help us. Any surprises or interesting things you found there? Yeah. So I think, you know, scientists themselves are still trying to figure out exactly, you know, the mechanisms and what happens, you know, in the body when we step outside. We do have a lot of really fascinating sort of, you know, larger scale research to show that access to things like green space is correlated with a longer lifespan, you know, with reduced levels of heart disease, you know, a lot of these sort of physical markers and I think now the challenge for researchers is doing, you know, smaller scale experiments to study people, you know, as they get outside and personally how they interact with different landscapes and how that sort of affects their, you know, mood and stress levels and things mm. of that nature. So that's where a lot of really interesting research is happening right now. Um, but I think one thing that I learned that was, you know, so fascinating and it makes such intuitive sense when you think about it is, you know, it really is a a sensory immersion and there are things that are happening with the noises, as I mentioned, you know, the smells of nature, they've had research to show that it, they can be very calming. The visuals, you know, the patterns of nature are sort of inherently familiar to us as people. Um, I think that, you know, going into the book in the middle of a pandemic during obviously a very, very stressful mm. time. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we're covering our noses and yeah. covering our mouths, right? I mean, literally kind of shutting down our sensory systems in some way, right? I mean, people aren't even really, I don't know about you. You wear glasses. I wear glasses. I couldn't see. Okay. <laughs> I would go into a store and I would have to take my glasses off because my mask would 
fogged my glasses up, oh, right? Yeah. And then problem. and now I'm struggling because I can't see. So let alone take in the sights and the sounds. There'll be none of that, right? I just want to find what I have to find because I feel completely disoriented without my glasses on. So it it, it it's funny to look back now, but I really think about that, you know, how we were all impacted our, our mental health, our physical health, our, um, the, of course, I mean, the anxiety levels went through the roof. So carry on with, with what you were saying, um, in terms of the sensory. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, that was obviously such a stressful time for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to think back to, and their husbands have worked to show that a lot of people actually really did return to nature during that time. And it was, you know, a period sure. where a lot of people connected to the nature around them in a new way, because they didn't necessarily, you know, they couldn't travel, but maybe they could visit the park down the street that they hadn't spent that much time in. Um, so yeah, I was very interested in sort of the stress relieving properties of nature and how that can be, you know, beneficial for folks who are in such a heightened state of anxiety. Um, and there are a few, you know, theories as to why nature is so stress, you know, reducing. Some of it has to do with the fact that we sort of evolved in nature and we find, you know, the patterns there innately, you know, comforting and familiar on some level. Um, there's also this theory called the stress reduction theory, which essentially is this idea that um, nature gives our attention a place to rest is sort of the gist of it. You know, when we're on emails and when we're constantly responding to pings and things of that nature. Oh, sorry. Wow. Google just did something as I said that. <laughs> uh, you know, our minds are constantly, you know, working and buzzing and, you know, going outside and sort of immersing ourselves in nature can give our, our brains a little bit of a break, essentially. Nice. That's really nice. And, you know, I'm interested in your personal journey, Emma, because, you know, this is the show is just as spirit. And I do feel that we're all being guided all the time. And I'm sure you can relate to that too. And what, what was it for you? I know you wanted to learn more. You, I mean, you've clearly been drawn to this topic, right? So we could look at that audience that you're listening and look at it. That is when you're drawn to something that's guidance, right? I mean, you're being guided. Um, and was there anything out of curiosity? Was there a part of you that felt a call calling to write this book in terms of raising awareness or, or concerns about the future? I know you kind of hinted at that early on. I'm curious more about that. What that was, what was inside of you that sparked this? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I've always had a real connection to nature and I loved being outdoors growing up. Um, mm -hmm. And I also loved being outdoors with other people. You know, I really uh -huh. enjoyed I organized things like, you know, uh, community cleanups when I was, was growing up. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> sort of like, where is that at my um, How old were you? How old was your first community cleanup? <laughs> my first organized one was probably when I was like in high school. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Were then you I, on like a committee or something or, or yeah, you know, the, the town beautification group. Great. Uh -huh. Great memories. But um yeah, so, you know, I went to school for, for environmental science and policy just to dive deeper there. And you know, I think I've always just felt called to raise awareness to, you know, sustainability and climate change even before it was uh, you know, as dire as it is now. Um and I don't, maybe you could call it a calling, you know, maybe there is sort of something inside of me that's, you know, pushing yeah. me to continue to do this work, but it was very important to me to commit to it in a, in a book form. <laughs> Interesting. Were you raised in this way? I mean, did you have those kinds of influences on you where um, maybe you were encouraged to participate in those cleanups out of curiosity? You know, it's kind of interesting. I don't think I necessarily was. Um, you know, my parents are both pretty, or were, I guess at the time, like more urban, urbanites. So I didn't, okay. you know, uh -huh. 
you know, super like pushed out the door to go outside and play. But, you know, I do think that, and this goes back to this idea that I was touching on earlier, a lot of my memories from childhood are outdoors for whatever reason. And, you know, even if I didn't spend like all my time outside, you know, the things I remember are, you know, playing on the tree next to, or playing with the tree next to my house or just little sort of moments like that. I love ducks growing up and I remember that somehow. And I remember it so <laughs> from my childhood. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Um, such an interesting thing to think about. Did you did you learn anything in terms of the memory part, Emma? In terms of because I mean, there's some people who have maybe when they were younger spent time outside and now are finding their well, the pandemic didn't help, but maybe for other reasons they stay inside a little bit longer than they should, right? Technology is one thing that keeps us in um, inside a lot, right? Feeling overwhelmed. A lot of people feel like they don't have time, right, Emma? I don't, I, I have to, like, that's a big deal to go outside. <laughs> like, I have to find a time to, isn't it seem so silly, right? That at one point we were all, oh, I'm just going to go outside, <laughs> I'm just going to go outside, right? I don't have to think about it. I don't have to plan for it. I'm just going to go outside, right? So did you find anything in terms of that, Emma? Or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's definitely a lot. Well, it's also so dependent on where you live. Like, for example, I'm, you know, in Brooklyn and going outside for me isn't the same as going outside for other people. You know, I kind of live in a, a pretty urbanized area, but it's um that's something that I sort of touched on in the in the beginning of the book as well is I think that the mental health you know crisis that we're facing and the fact that so many many of us are you know experiencing very high stress and anxiety levels it it coincides with the climate crisis and I don't necessarily think that that's a coincidence I think that you know by sort of disconnecting ourselves from nature by yeah making it so that it is like an ordeal to go outside and you know, I'm so guilty of it myself. Like I'm too busy to go outside today. I can't do it. Um, but I think that that disconnection is ultimately, you know, fueling a lot of the climate issues that we're facing. You know, I think that when we are able to get out more and to really experience the world around us, it does sort of harbor an appreciation and a love that can fuel us to take really, you know, sustainable action. There, the science behind this is a little bit shakier. There is some evidence that people who spend more time outside are more like pro-environmental in their actions, uh, but it's not set in stone. But intuitively to me, I know that that makes sense. That does make a lot of sense. I mean, I, I'm hearing you on that in terms of, so what you're saying is when, when we, the more we spend out time outside and we appreciate it, the more we're going to be more open to being aware of, of what we can do to support the, the climate and to support our earth. Um, and I do want to know, you know, what you would suggest after all this time, if there's anything that you sort of advise, you know, people, you know, here's three things that you could do to really help the environment and help sustain it. What would you say to that? Yeah. So for, I think the one general advice that I typically like to give is that it really depends on your um, sort of personal, again, it goes back to you personally, but your passions and sort of, you know, the the things that really fuel you up. So, you know, I'm a writer and I sort of found this niche where I can cover climate in that way and, you know, write about these topics. Maybe you are someone who is, you know, a community organizer, and maybe you sort of introduce some of these topics into your work there. Um, maybe you're in finance and you, you know, push your company to make some, you know, decisions to divest in certain areas, what have you. I think that there's just a, a I think that I like to tell people to like find what that sweet spot is for them. Um, and then, you know, apply, apply their skills. Uh, I love I love that, Emma. And I know you have a couple more in you. I just want to make sure that we give you ample time to answer that because we do have to take um, a quick break. And everyone, if you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with Emma Lowy. And Emma's new book is called Return to Nature, the new science of how natural landscapes restore us. We'll be right back. 
From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Just Ask Spirit is a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her lineup of best-selling authors, healers, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Don't miss Sherrianna's remarkable insights from the divine at the end of every show. Sherrianna Boyle is all about empowering you. Her life has centered around mindful approaches to healing the mind and body. Her main belief your emotions matter, processing them matters more. As a spiritual teacher and adjunct psychology professor, she is the author of nine books that can help empower lives from Emotional Detox Now, The Four Gifts of Anxiety, to Mantras Made Easy, and The Conscious Parenting Guide to Childhood Anxiety. There is certainly a book there for you. Find yours at SherryAnnaBoyle.com. Ever wonder what it's like to have your own radio show? Well, wonder no longer, because you can dip into the radio airwaves by being host for the day on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. It's a fabulous way to get your radio feet wet. It's an opportunity to market your business, modality, or book. Have a guest, mention a sponsor, and take callers. Or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking Alexa, play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and click on Host for the Day. Welcome back to Just Ask Spirit. I'm here once again with Emma Lowy and her new book, Return to Nature, the New Science of How Natural Landscapes Restore Us. I love that. Restore us. And boy, do we need some restoring. <laughs> we need some good old-fashioned restoration, right? Put us all back together again. And um, so we were just talking about uh, things. So you were saying before the break, we could just look at what you currently do, right? And and how can you help out with that? You're a writer. I'm a writer. I'm here. I am with you on the radio. We're raising awareness and talking about it, right? And and so I'm also a parent. I'm always raising awareness with my kids. You know, hey, shut the light off. <laughs> Hey, watch the water. Let's not, you know, empty out the, you know, the system here with your shower, right? Things like that. Of course, what makes me nuts is that is the the level of plastic. I'm going to be honest with you, Emma. That makes me more crazy than ever. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but you know, these drinks and the um, all my girls, that's what they do. They want to go get those fancy drinks with the straws and this and that. And I see it collect in the, in the recycle bin and things like that. And I think, why don't, why haven't we like corrected this? Right. <laughs> um, so carry on what, what else can we be doing and any follow-up thoughts on what I just said? Yeah, definitely. So I think, yeah, the main, you know, takeaway is we all need to do something. So we need to, you know, find sort of what that is for us and, and roll with it. Um, totally hear you on plastic. I hate it. It's the worst. Gosh. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. When it, it gets back into the environment and then there's like this crazy, I had this one interview once that just really blew my mind. It was with a microplastics researcher. Um, and she was telling me that something like, 99 per, you know, you think about those big, you know, images of like trash and the oceans and the great Pacific garbage trash and things like that. And it's so shocking and devastating, but she was telling me that over 99% of the plastics in the ocean are actually like invisible. They're microplastics. So just, it's like, they're all just lingering below the surface and ugh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty gross. Um, it is. It is. Any, did you get, find any hope? When you did your research, I mean, anything coming along? I mean, you, you think with all the technology we have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that one thing I keep coming back to is, um, you know, like with plastic, for example, we have plastic because corporations sell us things in plastic. We're not asking to like get this, you know, tube with our toothpaste, like that's what it comes in. Um, right. But I also think that, you know, we've seen, 
throughout history that, you know, companies and corporations and governments, you know, ultimately they react to, you know, collection or collective action from people. So like we really do like have the ability to band together to enact change. I think what, where we sort of go wrong sometimes is pitting everything on the individual to say like, oh, you should stop, you know, buying produce or plastic. But it's like, if that's all you have access to, you know, that you really can't be blamed for doing something like that. Um, I think ultimately the most important thing we can do is vote for elected officials who are really going to make these, you know, um, these issues from our center in their campaigns. Um, You know, we can chat with other people in our community about it and sort of figure out ways that we can work together to enact change. Like, I think those sort of community um, rooted actions are always going to be stronger than one person saying like, okay, I have decided in my household to stop, you know, buying this accessing plastic. That's great too. But yes, yes. I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's, it's right there. It's very often the only thing, the only option you have, right. Um, And you just do the best you can. And even the recycling doesn't always work. It's so frustrating to me and it must be frustrating to you, Emma, um, in terms of uh, it just seems like we should be further along. Like, there are people that have been elected and don't you feel like we should be a little further? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I like, did, did you really time. mean what you said? <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> right. Um, so it, it is a fascinating thing. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? But I mean, how can we, I, so in terms of just ask spirit, I'm, you know, I, I really believe in the power of, something greater. I, I believe in, you know, for, and I want to ask you that question, Emma, and I, I do want to hear what your other thoughts are, meaning the power of, you know, um, consciousness, like what you're talking about, the power of awareness. Um, and I do, I do believe that I must say I'm right just because I'm saying, I believe it. Right. Um, I believe that fear does something to us, right? And don't you find this, Emma, that so much is fear, 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 right? And do, is that worsening it? You know, you have to ask, is it paralyzing it or is, or is it motivating us? You know, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I think that I that was one reason I wanted to write the book was because I really did want to, you know, help folks explore new landscapes and maybe form new connections in nature that inspire them to take action. Um, And so in that sense, you know, I really wanted to write this book to help people act from a place of love rather than Mm -hmm. fear. But I also would never say that, you know, I think that when we, we maybe downplay the severity of the issue because we don't want to, you know, freak people out or make them afraid, which I don't think is the right solution ever. So, or the right solution. So maybe it's, you know, it's, it's love, but it's also realism. I gotcha. (laughs) What we need. I gotcha. So what you're saying is it's, we don't want to minimize it and be like, oh, it's okay, honey. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Um, But at the same time, there's got to be a balance because if we, pour on too much fear, people do shut down. And, and the hard part is, is, you know, we're coming off a, a pandemic, right? So we're already in pretty, you know, people, are, some people, not everybody, I should say, you've found people that learn to return to nature. I love the name of that book. Um, and so there is a delicate balance. And I almost, you know, and just you and I having sort of this conversation and you audience listening in, we'd love to hear from you, by the way, you know, um, love to hear your response. Look at, you know, Emma's uh, Mind Body Green and I'm here um, and what your thoughts are, but how we can really make these shifts in a way where we, um, but what you're saying is people have more power than they think. It's not just about the individual, but we can really look, do our homework and look into who's behind this, right? What they're doing and, and, you know, what their intentions are, right. And all of that kind of stuff. And maybe even certain companies, right. That are already kind of making the changes. Anything else? Um, 
Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, to sort of get down to like the nuts and bolts of it, things like air travel tend to be really, you know, harsh on the climate. That's probably like the most carbon intensive thing that most people do, at least people who um, do have the ability to, you know, fly and and travel to to other places. Um, I think that driving is another big one, you know, just taking public transportation whenever you can, walking, biking. Um, I think that's another sort of interesting parallel of you know, mm, about yeah. a lot of the actions that we can take to lighten our, our load on the planet also tend to be healthier for us. Um, sure. Yeah. And getting moving and, and things of that nature. Um, yeah. Those are two really big ones. I think, you know, eating locally is really important. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's always fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, those are all feasible. So, you know, do we getting taking more, um, you know, and we all are so used to everybody having an, a car. Right. I know, I know during, you know, one of my daughters was of age to have a car. And during the pandemic, we were like, why do you need a car? <laughs> we're all home. Right. And so we're like, why don't we just share a car? You know, instead of, you know, you think, okay, well, I'm this age, I should have a car. You know, we think in those terms. It was, like, well, that doesn't make any sense. We're all here. Right. And it's sitting there. Why do everybody need you? It is interesting to think about that. Um, so you're saying, I love the eating locally thing. That that feels so good, right? Um, and and so in terms of how do you nurture your spirit, Emma? Well, first of all, how do you define spirit, especially after writing this book? Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, I I think that being out in nature really is what brings me closer to spirit personally. Um, and I think that if I had to, you know, come up with a definition, how I think about it, um, there's this part in the, in the book where I talk about the definition of nature, which is actually also kind of hard (laughs) to define Uh Um, Uh in a conversation among a lot of researchers, but I, I got back to the idea that like nature is what's real <laughs> and a lot of like the other things that we concern ourselves with on a day-to-day basis are like constructed problems a lot of the time. Ah, like, so it's like a real living, it's an energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think like the reason that going out in nature for me, at least is so restorative. And when I say nature, I, I can mean like the park down the street from my house. I don't necessarily mean like going, yep. you know, trekking yep. to the woods, but, um, I think it just reminds me that there's so much more going on than, you know, the problems that we personally are facing. And it just reminds us that we're always living in this like evolving, you know, always moving sort of ecosystem. And I think that's so comforting, you know, and I think that's part of why going outside early to stress, at least for me, it's like, it really puts my problems in perspective and also reminds me like, I'm never alone. You know, there's always all these little like, you look down at the ground, there's like insects just doing <laughs> like there's just always something to see and always something to I think be inspired by outside. So yeah, I sort of think about nature and spirit in a similar way. I love that. And I love the way you say we're never alone. I can I can look down and I have a little friend. You know, it might not be the friend I want, right? A little pile of ants or something, but but I've got some friends here, right? Visiting me. You know, I I had a moment, Emma. It was oh boy, this is really going to make me sound old, but that's okay. I don't mind if I do. Um, I had a moment where I went to the grocery store and. I was walking outside and of course I'm rushing, right? I'm rushing. I'm all, I don't know why I'm always rushing when I go to the grocery store. So I'm rushing, putting the bag, maybe I had to go somewhere after, but, and as I'm putting my bags in the car, I look over and there's this man and he reaches in his bag of groceries and he pulls out bread and he stands in the middle of the parking lot and he starts to feed the seagulls. And it was, it really touched my heart. And I thought, talk about living in the moment, right? I mean, well, and, and with intention, I mean, he clearly bought the bread for the seagulls 
And he didn't wait, right? He didn't say, okay, well, now I got to do this. I got to go to the beach now. And I, no, right in the middle of the parking lot. And I sat and watched him. And I just was so inspired. And he was probably, honestly, look, probably maybe he was in his early 80s. But I just, whoever you are, <laughs> you really touched me. And I tell that story over and over. And I keep that story tucked in my heart. And I remind myself, you know, just these little moments, you know, when you go to dinner and you got the leftover bread, this is where I'm going to look old. This is what I do now because of that man. I take the bread and I stick it in my purse. (laughs) I'm sticking it in my purse because I know there's going to be some birds on the way to my car. And why not? Instead of just keeping it on the plate, throw it in the garbage, right? There's got to be. So anyway, I just thought I would would share that with you. I don't know I what you. It. I love it. Yeah, I mean, there's always always things to see in nature, and I think by looking out for them too, we can be more mindful for you know across our our life and you know notice little synchronicities um, wherever they they arise. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's my favorite. So that's, we're never alone when we go in nature. Is there any final words that you want to say to our audience before we, before we let you go before the break? Um, no, I mean, I think that if I had one message, it would just be to head outside, you know, and explore mm. nature, whatever, whatever that looks like to you. I also know that unfortunately there's a huge discrepancy between the nature that different people do have access to just because of, you know, socioeconomic barriers and things of that nature. Um, yeah. I think that that's another really important, you know, reason that this research exists. It's to, you know, prove that going outside is very healthy and it is a health, you know, equity um, issue so that, you know, by, you know, building up this, this uh, body of research, we can really make the case for bringing greenery to everyone and not make it, you know, something that should be only available to a select few. Oh, I couldn't agree with you. I could not agree with you more, Emma. I mean, I, I love that that is how you ended it because I, I think it's so important what you just said to bring it, bring greenery to, to everyone. And it's possible, right? It's absolutely possible. Well, this has been so lovely. Thank you so much. Everyone listening, please go grab her book. It's called Return to Nature, the new science of how natural landscapes restore us. And I've, you know, come back anytime and share, you know, more because I have a feeling you're going to still be diving in, right? (laughs) It's not over yet. And those of you listening, um, I'll be right back with some what's coming up to be cleansed and maybe a little message from just our spirit. Looking for a fun and relaxing getaway? Omega Rest and Rejuvenation Retreats are a great way to unwind and renew your spirit. Sit and read in the garden, explore the woodland trails, or try a daily yoga or meditation class. You can stretch your body, quiet your mind, and do as much or as little as you choose. Located in Rhinebeck, New York, just 90 miles north of New York City, Omega's natural environment and quiet pace allow for extraordinary experiences to unfold. Learn more at eomega.org. Are you looking for a simple way to stay in shape and care for your emotions? Well, look no further. It's Sherrianna here. And I want you to know I have been teaching yoga for over 20 years. My style might be a little different. I include a little bit of cardio, yoga, breath work, and of course, you're going to hear my emotional detox teaching sprinkled in. People describe my classes as therapy. (laughs) So zoom in and practice yoga with me live on Tuesdays at 930 Eastern or Thursdays, noontime Eastern, where you can take it on demand as I record everything. Go to SherriannaBoyle.com, click Explore Memberships to learn more. From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Just Ask Spirit is a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her lineup of best-selling authors, healers, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Don't miss Sherrianna's remarkable insights from the divine at the end of every show. 
When we think of a detox, we usually think of it as a physical experience. But what about a mind-emotional detox? With Sherrianna Boyle's new book, Emotional Detox Now, you get just that. Inside, you will find 135 of Sherrianna's signature cleanses laid out for you. In just five minutes a day, you can enjoy the soothing benefits of an emotional detox. Imagine feeling centered, calm, and free. With an emotional detox now, you can. Grab your book today at your favorite bookstore or go to sherriannaboyle.com. Welcome back to Just Ask Spirit. I'm Sherrianna, and I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Emma Lowy. She's really, I, I enjoyed it so much. And and now we're at the part of the show where, well, it's a, it's a couple of things. First of all, it's, it's what's coming up to be cleansed. So I want to define what that is first. Cleanse is the acronym for the seven steps of an emotional detox. So it's a mindful process placed in the acronym of cleanse. It begins at the C and it ends at the E. And so when I say what's coming up to be cleansed, it's it's things that I've been cleansing this week, whether it's through, you know, people I work with or just things that are going on. And what the cleanse is, is it's a system that you can kind of run reactivity through. And think of it like a filter, right? And if we explain it in terms of in relation of the topic today, we're returning. Uh, return to nature. Well, the cleanse is like returning to your true self, your true nature. And your true nature, and what I've learned after writing all these emotional detox books and and creating the cleanse, your true nature is, is that is spirit, right? Your true nature is there's a peacefulness, there's a calmness. It's kind of what Emma described in terms of feeling restored, feeling not alone and feeling connected, feeling like you can take a break, right? That's what it feels like to be in true nature. And in some ways, what she's saying is, you know, you're processing what you feel in nature, right? Because when we go in our in nature, she said, I get to kind of forget about my problems, right? Well, what that says to me is, as, as an emotional detox educator, is that that she's starting to process because when we are in that emotional processing state, meaning we're processing what we feel, we're not reacting to it. We do get that beautiful space and we get that relief and we get that connection. And there are times, let's face it, when we go outside and, you know, we're, we might have a hard time with that. Maybe we've got our phone. Maybe we're upset about something, you know, and even our walk isn't quite cutting it. Right. And sometimes we, we're just rerunning and ruminating, especially if maybe we're with a friend and we're yappity yap and problem this and problem that, right? I don't think that's what Emma was referring to. I think she was referring to true, you know, kind of getting re- rebooted in nature. And so uh, in terms of what's been coming up to be cleansed, what, what I found this week is a lot of heart stuff. Um, and when I talk about the heart, I mean energy around the heart, just not being moved. You know, heart is love, right? Heart is is where we connect. And I I'm going to say it's you know the world events. Let's let's be honest here. What's going on in the world? What we're witnessing is real. A lot of terror. A lot of trauma beyond trauma, you know, um, and the news and things like that. And it is very important. I couldn't agree with Emma more. Everything that she was saying to value nature is such an important part of our well-being, our, of our sustainability, right? Uh, and so the heart has been coming up a lot. And what I've been finding is in terms of what's coming up to be cleansed is some some heaviness, right? Some grief, some heartbreak, some hurt, right? This is all can weigh on the heart area. And, and as a result, you know, when we don't take time to process emotions that are 
heavy in nature or we get kind of stuck in them because that can happen. You know, we just, again, we ruminate in them. Then I believe, I mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I do believe it affects uh, our physical health, meaning you can start to get symptoms from that. Right. And so in terms of cleansing, really, really cleansing when you feel, um, when you feel maybe overwhelmed or sad, you know, there's cleanses and emotional detox now that you could pick up right now and you could take yourself through one, but I've been really focusing on, you know, the, the, the past, you know, people really bring living in the past, having a hard time living in the moment. And, and then when you get on the other side of that cleanse, you feel a little lighter, um, kind of like in nature, right? And when your heart feels a little lighter, then you have an easier time <laughs> um, noticing the good, right? Or appreciating the good. And I, and I heard Emma speak to that today, like really, if we value it, if we appreciate it, then we'll make that we'll make decisions that are a little bit different. And so I find that with cleansing as well, that when we really take time to clear the hurt, clear the past, whatever's coming up, you know, and the wedge, you know, I felt a lot of wedges this week, people feeling like there's a wedge, like they're having a hard time kind of letting go, you know, or they're having a hard time moving on. And in terms of whatever's coming up in their personal lives, I'm speaking to. And again, really being and taking your time and moving through that cleanse, really, really um, relaxing and softening your body a little bit. So, so important because when when you walk around with a heavy heart, everyone, it it's kind of like cholesterol, right? Where now your body has to work harder in terms of the production of energy. You know, when you feel like heaviness, everything feels like a weight. <laughs> everything feels like a little bit more difficult, like almost like you have weights on yourself and, you, and just doing day-to-day -day stuff can feel exhausting, right? Exhausting. And then you, on top of it all, the, you know, what, what you're being ambushed with in terms of what, what's going on is literally like ambushing the energy. And, and sometimes you just have to let yourself feel, you just have to let it out. And, and let yourself feel. So, I mean, if you're feeling, you know, turn the TV off. And if you're feeling sadness, let yourself, you know, it's okay to shed a tear. I mean, this is horrific stuff, right? Um, now, if you're breaking down and you're really having a hard time, then I suggest you get some help. Like if you can't get out of your own way, get some help. But in terms of, you know, just letting your body um, experience something, um, I promise you, you know, your feelings are not going to hurt you, but resisting and shoving them down and avoiding them will. And one of the simple ways, like Emma mentioned, is just go outside in nature. It's, it's a little bit more gentle. It's wonderful for children, right? I mean, if you're worried about your children, you say, oh, they're, they're hearing so much, they're exposed to so much, going outside. You know, I had <laughs> on, on Sundays, um, my husband and I take a walk together. We just started this ritual, by the way. We just started. We said we've been pretty good about it. And we take a walk and we go in the woods. And he and I, we do this little loop thing. And we sat down together and we're hanging out there. And a dog comes up and he's jumping on us and we're petting him. We're like, okay, okay. Um, and this little boy comes to get his dog and I'm watching him and I'm thinking, I said to him, how old are you? And he said, I'm sick. He said, and I'm thinking we're in the woods out here. I don't see any parents. Where are your parents? But I didn't say anything. He gets the dog, he carries on. And 
we go down, I'm like looking for his pants, you know, and finally at the end, I think, wow, that's amazing. You know, they let him just run and get the dog and, and everybody's outside enjoying the day. And, and obviously they do this quite frequently because they wouldn't, I'm sure they wouldn't let their kid run into the woods if they didn't know the path. Right. So it really was so wonderful to see that. Um, now in terms of spirit, in terms of just as spirit, you know, I mentioned as Emma was talking, I, I really believe that we are not powerless and I really believe in, in spirit means something different for everybody. Right. Um, and it can change, you know, spirit, spirit meant means something to Emma. She clearly defines, she really connects to it in nature. And that's a wonderful thing. And, and spirit can also be, you know, some people connected to like, you know, your higher self, or it can be a connection to something greater. And I believe this is really a time to go turn to spirit as often as we can, because I don't even know if, you know, I think, I think always looking to other people to fix something, right? <laughs> like, I, I just don't know if that's, if that's realistic anymore, right? In terms of, okay, well, um, maybe this person will, you know, change the way things are. I think spirit is a wonderful resource for all of us to connect to because it changes the vibration, but changes it from the inside. And then, and then we are going to draw in leaders and that are of the same vibration, everyone. So it doesn't come from our heads so much, I believe anyway, but more so from our heart. You know, what do we, what do we want to feel? And I, I'm sure you can relate to this if you're listening, that um, when I listen to, um, when I'm thinking about you, Ukraine today. And when I listen to the president, I'm sure many of us would agree. I mean, the love that is there is just undeniable. And the 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 love and the commitment and the devotion. I mean, talk about devotion. It's right there. I mean, we can just look at it. It's just incredible. Incredible devotion, commitment, love, compassion, and strength. Very, very strong. And extremely, I mean, it's palpable, isn't it, everyone? I mean, you can feel it through the television. And that's real. That is, uh, uh, that is beyond. That is spirit in my world. That is what spirit feels like when you are channeling spirit through your body, you get that incredible. I mean, that is coming from many, many places, I believe, not just the brain, right? And sustaining um, this, this man, you know, and to be so articulate in the way he is and committed. And um, a lot of people would be, you know, Say, cussing a few words here and there by now, but he is holding it together and that's spirit, right? So I hope that you enjoyed today's show as much as I did. And I hope that you take some time to connect to your spirit. Um, and I appreciate you listening in to Just Ask Spirit. Remember, your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. Take care, everyone.